Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. Season 2, Episode 6. And before we get started, I just have to say something. Declare something before this episode starts. Go. I am not going to say the F word today. Whoa. Yeah. The last episode, it read like a Scorsese film. Not in my opinion, but you definitely swore. What do you mean? I swore a lot. You swore a lot for you. I don't know that you swore like Tarantino. Yeah, maybe not Tarantino swears, but it was excessive. I don't swear like that anymore. You don't swear like that ever. But you make me angry. (laughs) And so did the Oscars. (laughs) But I will tell you, we have mostly a movie freak sort of episode for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about tech. We're going to talk about some geeky things. We will talk about Deadpool because we forgot that we said we were going to talk about Deadpool. So we will talk about one movie. But by now, everybody's seen Deadpool, right? Exactly. It made so much money. If you haven't seen it, there's something wrong with you. Don't say that. There's probably someone who hasn't seen it, and now they feel terrible. (laughs) Why are you doing this to our listeners? They were kind enough to hit play. True. I take it back. But you should go see it. (laughs) It's time for a nerd battle, and this is such a pressing one. This is an important fight for our times, people. Is it? It really, really is. This comes down to who Ivana and I are as human beings. I love the fact that you're passionate about this. I I feel like, well, I've given up eating added sugar for the most part in my life. Crazy. Um, so I, I don't think you're just lucky that I really like to argue. Yeah. And let's do this. Because we're counting down. We're not even counting down. There's no countdown. It is the best candy ever made. And my favorite candy of all time. Look at you. Taking off your socks. Getting ready for this thing. I'm going to get a foot in the face here. (laughs) The best candy of all time are Wonka Runts. Gross. Amazing. The best candy of all time are real fruit gummies you can't put real fruit in front of your candy and say that's the best candy it's the best candy how can it be the best candy when it's not even candy it's about fruit it is not they just call themselves real fruit are these like jujubes there is nothing real about these candies before you get into this i need to understand what you're even talking about are they jujubes are they gummy bears have you ever had um berries you know the red and blue berries oh yeah delicious okay so think if berries had sex with gummy bears what that candy would look like okay i'm picturing a gummy bear with a berry head (laughs) taste wise maybe not looks wise all right taste wise yeah i can i can imagine that would be really good but it's like jelly it's like gelatin it yeah it's very much the texture of a gummy bear and those like berries. But, it's, it's not like a jube jube though. It doesn't get stuck to your teeth. But picture the perfect hard candy of all hard candies. You have nerds that are just, uh, they're too soft to be hard. And then you have gobstoppers that are ridiculously hard. Then you have runts smack down in the middle. 
you can suck them for a moment and, and get them down. You can bite them right away if you want. And hey, they've got fruit flavors. You got orange. You even have banana runs. Okay, they all pretty much taste the same. They do not. You take that back. They do. They basically taste the same. You are right. They're better than nerds, which are too soft. And and nerds are just like literally a piece of plain sugar covered in sugar coating. I And I think the value... Runs at least have flavor on the inside it's kind of like a sugar-coated um rocket candy you know those rocket candies yeah sure it, it's it's similar i suppose to that but this is the strength of the runt okay you can get yours probably in your work vending machine whereas runts you must take your time you have to find the perfect place and then when you find that convenience store that still for whatever reason is selling them you have to buy them all so that they think oh maybe we should restock these and then you buy them all again I this believe is an in demand runt story about buying them all with a candy with some flavor licorice things just like Listen, a week those ago. Those Australian licorice were to die for. <laughs> Boomerang up. Yes, I love them all. So clearly you just have a, a bit of a, maybe an addictive How personality when it comes to sugar. You? Because you go into a store, you no. find a candy that you like, you're like, I must buy the whole stock. I was asked, coming out of a movie theater, to be on that pre-roll thing. And they asked me, if you won a million dollars, or no, that wasn't it. If you could pull a crime and get away with it, what would it be? And I said, I would break in to the Wonka warehouse and I would steal all of the runs. How many runs? Because that is the dream. How many runs can you eat before you get that like too much sour candy feeling in your mouth? Three boxes. There is no end to the amount of real fruit candies somebody can eat. I've eaten an entire, like I, they come, I usually get them from the grocery store and there are these giant packages which should be banned from existence because then what happens is I eat the whole thing in one sitting. But it's also, I mean, like who is, who makes these? Dare Candy Company. When you're thinking of candy... There is no other name in candy more than Willy Wonka. Okay, who got that's because his of name, a movie. Who got the name from Wonka Candies and the Wonka Bar and the Nerds. All of these you cannot, come from the beautifulness I'm of Wonka. I'm sorry, but Wonka was a delightful movie and then a company bought the rights to that so that they could put the name of Willy Wonka on candies that existed pre-Willy Wonka. Capitalism at its greatest. Because when you think of Willy Wonka and you think of, you see the box, oh, Wonka runts, you immediately are transfixed on that idea of that Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and how he tortured those children. It's a fun romp. And it just makes you enjoy those runs even more. He totally did torture those children. I stay away from all Willy Wonka candies as much as possible because all I'm ever reminded of is torturing of children. Yeah. That is what they do. They tortured me as a child with runs because I had to wait a week for my next allowance to go buy them. It was torture for me. That is, that is the, the brand of Wonka. 
Honestly, but think about it. There is no better candy to just be at your desk. You kind of pour them out. You can sort them if you want. You can have all the oranges. Oh, my gosh. And those strawberry ones, I don't even know what the hell they are. They're they amazing. They all taste identical. They at the not. very least, your, the real fruit candies. Your real fruit tastes identical. No, they don't. They taste completely different. There's also really cool flavors like passion fruit and other things that I can't think of right now. Blueberry. Your argument, delicious. Your argument was take a gummy bear. A whole pack of gummy bears all taste the same. And then take a berry. The whole pack of Swedish berries taste the same. And then marry the two. I am assuming that that pack of candy will taste the same. No, they taste... Just like the parents before totally them. Totally different. They taste totally different. There are many different flavors. They have ones that are more tropical. They have simpler ones. They have banana. They have cherry. They have strawberry, plum... Raspberry plum. Nobody, nobody in their right mind is thinking plum. It's grape. Grape is the the little runt. The little runt that is purple and it's grape flavored. Nobody thinks plum and goes, yeah, there's a candy there. (laughs) There is a candy there. Do you want to know what I eat now that I don't eat sugar? Yeah, sure. Prunes, which are made from plums. Aren't they made from grapes? Aren't they dried up grapes? That's raisins. Oh, yeah. I don't eat those either. I mean, why why do you want to eat dried up anything? So having prune candy sounds good to you? It does. It's delicious. I love prunes. See, I... I mean, the more we talk about this, the more I think you're disqualified for not having a true candy. No, it is. Look at it. It is a true candy. It is just like any other candy around. And it it's just delicious. It's a perfect gummy f- candy. Most gummy candies don't have very different flavors, but the real fruit candy does have very different flavors. They also have cool shapes. They also come in like different cool animal shapes. packs. You can eat a banana in a run. And if you've opened the box correctly and you get a banana to actually fall out of that little tiny opening... That's like Christmas. So clearly we're passionate about our candy. What is your favorite candy? Is it runs? Is it some real fruit. sort of real fruit candy? Or <laughs> is it totally a different candy we disqualified altogether because runs is the best? See, look, look at these real fruit candies in a picture. Aren't they delicious looking? You just showed me one that had a hippopotamus on it. I don't want to eat from that. that I love hippopotamus. Awful. They also even have great like yogurt flavored ones. So the half the fruit is yogurt flavored and like solid colored. And the other one is translucent and the fruit colored. I don't want my candy packages to show me real fruit. I want them to show me comical caricatures of the candies I eat. Well, that's why they made the hippopotamus ones. Uh-huh. Time for a new segment, Trouble Tech. We really have to just record all these. And yeah. put like some sort of like sound effect underneath. I think it would be amazing. This needs to happen at some point in the near future. We need to sit down on a weekend maybe and just spend an entire day creating cool sound things. And all of the segments. Every segment will have its own opening. So tell me what Trouble Tech is. How is this different? Than other tech things we do. Okay. 
Well, we're only focusing on news stories about troublesome tech things. Ooh. And then you and I get to weigh in on it like judges. Oh, we get to judge things. We get to judge things. I feel like that's our podcast. That's our brand. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First story, you sent it to me. The Google car sideswiped a bus. And this isn't like the Google car that's gotten into accidents before, because as we know from past podcasts, the Google car has been in a couple of other other accidents. In fact, they have a blog that comes out every month to say what type of issues they had come into during their driving. That's right. But all of those other accidents have been caused by other motorists. Or with a person actually driving the car and therefore it wasn't the self-driving mechanism. Exactly. But this is the first time the Google car sideswiped a bus all by itself. Now, I don't know if I can say the bus driver is totally if he was in the right or if the Google car just said, screw everybody, I'm going rogue. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's interesting to know that this Google car that we have, that you put lots of stake in, Ivana. Dude, the car's been driving for over a million miles. It gets into one fender bender. I'm sorry. What human do you know that drives that much with zero accidents? None in this house. <laughs> and, and I don't think any in your house either. No. And and, and I mean, like, I've, I'm very lucky, knock on wood, have not gotten into any motor vehicle accidents while driving, driving. But uh, Oh, so you, you were the one. What do you mean? No, no, no. I mean, I've gotten into accidents, but only while parking. What? In It's like parking scenarios. One time, for example, my last accident that I ever got into, I pulled out of a parking spot that I was in and I saw a pole and I knew I wasn't going to miss the pole, but I couldn't see the fact that the pole was part of this giant... Wait, are you about to tell me a story where you just backed into a pole? Yeah. I don't think that's considered an accident. That's an I think accident. that's wear and tear. No, that that's... I fully hit a pole. I drove into something. That's an accident. Did you break anything? I put a crack in my fender. Okay. All right. That's fair. I never fixed it because it's fine, but it's just a crack, but no big deal. All right. So what are they doing about this Google car? Well, they already fixed the issue. What? Yeah, they changed the algorithm to assume that any large vehicle, such as a bus or a truck, will not let them in. Okay, so that's what happened. The bus did not yield for the car moving over. Yeah, and you know what? I think that that's fair. They should make that adjustment because let's be honest, big vehicles like buses and stuff, it takes them a lot longer to actually brake because they have more momentum and all that stuff. So I think it's a correct sort of situation. Also, a bus isn't supposed to yield to a car. A car is supposed to yield Yield to to a a bus. bus. Exactly. So as far as I know, they were just making a turn or like switching lanes. I forget which. Um, And the Google car assumed that the bus would yield. It did not. The sideswipe happens. There was a person in the actual car who saw the whole thing happen and was diligently watching. Um, and they had made the assessment that they thought it was safe to let the car continue automated driving mode. And obviously, the programming needed to change. But all I have to say is, I'm cool with these odds. If that's what happens, I'm in. I'm still buying it. You? Well, I want to know how long this car has been on the road and how often these algorithms are updated. Well, 
I figure that they're updated constantly, given the fact that it's still very much the test vehicle. So I think that it's constantly learning. Uh, but that car, I mean, they've had over a million miles of driving. But is it that specific car? Maybe that specific car has only been on the road for a couple of days. What would that matter? That would matter because if I get into a car after a couple of days and it crashes into a bus, I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah, but what's the difference what car it is? It's all about the sensors and the cameras and the algorithm. Any car is effectively the same in this scenario. Did you know... That right now, even if you have a self-driving car like the Tesla, you have to be in the driver's seat and you cannot be on your phone? Yeah, I did know that. That's a crappy law. Well, it's still the beginning of... and and You still need to somewhat be watching the road and making sure everything's fine. And it's because there isn't really a fully self-automated car yet i mean even the tesla text and drive i know who doesn't but the tesla for example yes it does go into automatic driving mode but it's only supposed to be used on highways and for long trips and places not city driving even though it could city drive it hasn't been tested enough nor is it really allowed so as a driver you still have to be the driver give it 10 years it's all going away. That sounds actually pretty good. What else you got in this trouble tech? All right. Next item up for us to judge is there was a teacher. She left her phone on her desk to mm -hmm. go patrol the hallways. Meanwhile, a student goes and grabs her phone from her desk. She did not have her phone locked, so no passcode was needed. Suspend that kid. And he went into her phone, found nudie pics, Texted them to himself, oh. and then she got fired. She got fired. She got fired. Do we know if the school has a policy where all teachers have to lock their computers and their personal devices? To be honest, I'm not sure about that. And I do think that as a teacher, why would you leave an unlocked phone on your desk? I'm assuming this kid was in high school, but still, it's crazy. I mean, if you... Here's a question for you. Our jobs. Yeah. When you walk away from your desk, there's probably sensitive things on your computer mm -hmm. that the company might not want other people to see. Mm -hmm. Do you lock your computer when you go just to lunch or? No. I mean, everyone, we have locked doors to the office and we don't really have visitors or off-premise people. So it's not really a big deal. I I always lock my computer when I leave. Also, I mean, after a few minutes, and I it just does. I take my phone with me wherever the hell I go. I always take my phone wherever I go. Because, no, what if I get a call? What if I get something urgent and somebody's in trouble? Or what if I need to do a Snapchat right then and there and I don't have my phone to do it? I mean, I, I will say that it, it's partially her fault. She should have had a lock on your phone if you're a teacher and you're teaching at a high school what do you think is gonna happen if you leave your phone unattended i mean it's not her fault she has nude pictures on her phone anybody's allowed to have nude pictures on your phone well that is her fault because they were pictures of her yeah yeah but she's allowed to take those with her personal property oh yeah absolutely 
But leaving an unlocked phone near high school students, what do you expect to happen? However, that being said, the kid should have been suspended. A hundred percent. And going, the, through, the going through a teacher's private things. What if it was just her desk? He would get suspended. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. You really, I don't understand why people are taking so many nude pictures of themselves. That's side issue number one. I really don't think that, <laughs> you know what? In this day and age, don't take nude pictures. It's going to bite you in the ass. I don't think I've ever heard of a story of someone taking nude selfies and like it turning out great. Well, I'm sure it happens a lot. But keep in mind that all of those pictures, the government has a picture of your dick. Yeah. Or your your vajayjay. I guess the key is never put your face into those pictures. Never put your face in those pictures. So are they circulating on the internet? Can we find them? You know what? I didn't even look. I wonder. We're going to have to find them. I bet you they're on the internet. Well, you're going to have to find them. I am wholesome and pure, as you know. Oh, so pure. I will be sitting here with my runts. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think she needs to get, she deserves to get fired or what? No, I think the kid needs to be reprimanded and there needs to be a new policy that if you're going to leave something on your desk with private things on it, you have to have a lock on it. I agree. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think it's nuts to, that she got fired. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy pants. Now, if this kid did post them online, I expelled. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm sure he has. Jackass. No, 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 no. Deadpool. 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 We, a couple weeks ago, said we were definitely going to see Deadpool. I had already seen it like twice. And, and I had not seen it. So now Ivana's seen it. And now we're going to talk a little bit about it. What Even though think? last week we said we weren't going to talk I about movies. I know we totally did, but we'll be really, 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 really quick. We lied. Be really quick. Okay. Deadpool was amazing. It's my favorite superhero movie of all time. I loved Deadpool. There is no better superhero movie. I loved everything about it. And in fact, you know how I am that I actually really like action movies, but during the action sequences get kind of bored, which is a really weird thing. Did not get bored during any action sequence. Because it's funny. All the action sequences are hilarious. Exactly. There was something for me to actually watch and I loved it. I think this is by far my favorite movie superhero movie of all time well you just said that like six times i know and i just i don't can't. know why you would think that this movie is better than the dark knight it or, is it's better than the avengers dark knight. or better than I, avengers i just can't see that it's funnier it's more entertainment it's funnier I, I it's more would, entertaining i'm sorry go one more time it's funnier it's more entertaining i would say that it is better than any fox movie that has come before and any dc film I would gladly watch this movie no, over and over and over. The Dark Knight's still like the Dark greatest. Dark Knight is good. It's very good. But I prefer original Batman to Dark Knight. And I like this better than both. I'm not. I, I, I think I might put a top five. The, I think my favorite thing was their whole spiel about forgetting guns. I really liked it. It was funny. He was hilarious. And I the mean, cab driver. Well, yeah. Kill him. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so great. I loved all of that. That was so funny. I really liked uh, all the inside jokes for uh, actual fans. There was a scene. Where I like the love story. 
It was actually a really quality love story. It was a quality love story. And it was a quality relationship. And it was the kind of relationship that reminds me of what a real relationship is like. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy and chaotic and subdued sometimes. And, uh, you know, you... Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's a very good love story. I think that I I loved the me- uh, the meta stuff the most. Like when... <laughs> when they were like, you're coming to see the professor. And he's like, McAvoy or Stewart. I can never keep these timelines straight. I was laughing so hard. My, my, uh, second time I see it, I saw it, the theater didn't laugh. And I was like, oh man, this is such an inside. If you're a fan kind of joke. And I yeah. just thought that's amazing. Um, and then my, was- my favorite was the opening credits credits opening credits were like when they a, were like some douchebag produced this such a great way to set it up and the writers written by the real CGI heroes character yeah like it I was loved it so true too because everything they mentioned in those opening credits it came back in the movie and uh, there was some interviews with some writers and they said writing for this film was one of the best things they'd ever done because it didn't matter if you had some zany idea. You were allowed to put it in here because he's breaking the fourth wall. He knows he's inside a movie. He knows he's a comic book character. He knows he can swear. There are no holds barred limit to his crazy. Well, and not only that, but as an origin story, it went dark. Like What I liked about it is that there was crazy comedy and then there was also crazy drama. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a dark film, but it's still fun. It's got a rewatchability. It's infinitely quotable. Uh, you know, you got to see some peen. It was like shadow peen. You got to see like there was equal opportunity nudity between men and women, and I'm all about that. You know, flash all the boobs in the vajayjay that you want, as long as there's also some peen in the movie. And I, I to me, this is the perfect feminist film. There is a scene with strip clubs and just people walking around completely naked. Yeah, and and strip clubs exist where people walk around completely naked. And Ryan Reynolds is like, for a split second, you see his peen. Yeah, more than a split second. I, I was paying attention. Well, I know you were. But do you think that... So we've had this conversation where Ryan Reynolds is sort of like on my list if I ever went that way. Mm-hmm. So... But you never really like saw that the same way after seeing this film. Has that changed? After this movie, I have to say he is climbing up there. I I never thought I would be the person to have a celebrity crush on someone traditionally good looking. But he just has this comedy around him that it's kind of like, okay, I'll like you even though you look really good. I know. He's so funny. He's so funny. His drink's on him. (laughs) just these info that was my favorite part okay i felt like and i talked to a couple buddies about this after the fact this is the new scott pilgrim for me and my buddies because scott pilgrim when it came out infinitely quotable we said things like um bread makes you fat and just the people in my group knew immediately bread makes you fat like just say that like it was so well done, so so funny and so quotable and, uh, you know, time to break out the L word. 
lesbians. I love that part. You know, it just... Now we have maximum effort and we have And how all the, the heck all these he made lines. maximum effort cool? I love it. I, I say it all the time. Now. I know. And but when you think about it, it's one of those cheesy taglines that in most movies you would be like, oh gosh. And that's why Regina rhymes with fun. <laughs> <laughs> like just just these just I don't even know why he says it, but it's so great that he says it. Yeah, those writers, they really are the heroes. They had a blast. But, you know, good for him, too, for delivering on it properly. He was fantastic in delivering. No one could have played Deadpool other than Ryan Reynolds. He's been trying for years, so so I, I totally get it. I hope you saw Deadpool, too. If you didn't, go. Now. Stop listening, run to the theater, and watch Deadpool. You can listen while you run. <laughs> Keep listening. We got more segments. Don't go away. TV time. Last week, Jay and I asked you to watch the Americans pilot. That's right. It's been on my list for a long time. My boss, my old boss, loves it. Loves, 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 loves it. He's been talking it up. Jay, you got to see this. And it wasn't until my new job at FX where I am launching season four. And I was like, I guess I should probably catch up on this because my job. So. I really wanted to sit down and watch it. It's uh, it's how many episodes have you seen now? I've seen ten. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't stop watching. I've seen only the pilot. So we'll only say the pilot. First no, of no, all, no. I I want to. I'm good with spoilers. We okay. can go we as far as we spoilers. need to go. Yeah, but here and I mean, it's we asked you to only watch the pilot, but I, I I'll give you a little bit more insight into what happens after that pilot. Yeah. Okay. So as a person who's only seen a pilot. I thought it was very good. I thought it, you know what? It didn't grab me. It didn't grab me from the first moment. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was smart. And I thought that it was a show that I might learn to love if I do my four episode rule. So with any new show that I watch, uh, unless it's really a piece of garbage, I will watch four episodes. And if it doesn't hook me by then, something's wrong. And I think it's this is the I kind think of by show. Four episodes you be in. Yeah, I think that this is the kind of show you need to watch a few more episodes to really get hooked. There's a lot happening. There is a lot happening. Yeah. I mean, so it's Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, and they are Amer. They are Americans, or they're living in America, but they're actually Russian spies. And Russia has this program where they deprogram the Russian out of use to become full on American, American citizens with the objective of, you know, you're living in D.C. and you're going to be spying. You're going to be a lot of sexing up with people of power. A lot, actually. I was quite shocked at that aspect of it. That does not let up. <laughs> it is lots of sex. Um, so their cover is... That they are a married couple with two kids. And and she had those kids. Like, they're their kids, For, right? That's, I mean, they could throw me a left hook somewhere. But everything I've seen, they had those kids because they were ordered to have those kids. Imagine being a spy and, and just being put into a room with someone, kind of like an arranged marriage, and being told, you're actually a spy. You don't love each other. We don't care. You two make babies. Yeah. 
That's basically how this uh, story goes. It's insane. And so they've been in America almost 20 years. They've got two kids. One's 13, one's nine. And all of a sudden, for the first time ever, they are kind of seeing each other a little bit differently. Yeah. And you get to see that grow. And I mean, I guess that kind of starts at the end of the first episode. The end of the first episode, he... Um, well, he, he discovers that she was raped she, by a dude. She was raped by this guy who they've had stuffed in their trunk. And when he realizes... And the kids have no idea, which is hilarious. No idea. Yeah. I mean, there's so many twists in the first episode because they kidnap the guy, mm-hmm. put him in the trunk. Okay. Pretty linear so far. And then, then the, you find out... Then the guy says, you guys should deflect and tell America everything. Well, th- yes, there's that, but... You do a flashback to when Carrie Russell was raped by the dude in the truck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's after. I mean, first he offer he dangles that carrot of just turn to the Americans. Why not? Running water, electricity. Yeah, and then and the husband is really swayed by it. He kind of wants to do it. He's like, $3 million, let's do this thing. 100%. And Carrie, of course, hates him. Hates him, hates the idea, doesn't understand what... What he's yeah, even talking she's about. She's a Russian spy, damn it. And she never lets up with that. There are episodes you hate Carrie Russell. Really? Because you're just, how could you choose that you've been living here forever you care about your children you care about your life here and not only and that yet- but she truly actually cares that her children are american yes but then i wonder like i guess for me what the one part of the show that i didn't really get is what's so valuable about these two like what what spying that they're doing is so valuable well, you only saw one episode. Yeah, I've only seen the one episode. And I guess that that's maybe where it didn't hook me quite yet because I'm, I am see them being a spy and I see them paying a lot of prices. But then the FBI agent moves next door and he's in counterintelligence. I know. So you have this extra layer of, And it's a really of, oh, cool, man, like, we should probably does he be... know that they're spies? Does he not know? And he's like, we should probably get close to him so that we can you know, learn what he knows and maybe we can get in there. But I guess the issue for me from watching just the first episode alone is we're no longer living in a cold war. This all takes place in 1981. Is it 1981 in that movie? 1981. How did I not realize that after watching an entire pilot? I Because you and I watch TV very differently. Oh, yeah. I don't look at the television That's as right. much. <laughs> and it was just a tile. Ah, yes, I totally missed that. But but you would think that I would have noticed that nobody had cell phones. Nobody has cell phones. I didn't. in really, really old tech. I did. That did not come across. At one point, there's a rotary phone. I clearly was not watching the screen at that (laughs) point in time. And so. So it's 1981. It's 1981. So there was a Cold War at that point in time. Yes, at that point in time. And there were actually spies spies. in both countries. Because I thought it was set in today. And I was kind of like, this just seems, I don't know how they're going to make it relevant. No, it is all back then. In fact. But even back then, what was the point? What could these spies possibly find out? And give back to Russia that makes any difference in the world. Do they have nuclear capabilities? Are they working with agencies to deploy these nukes? Are they... um, I mean, I guess I just thought it was all common knowledge. There's a whole big thing where they're building a shield to deflect 
Russia's nukes. And Russia's like, what? No. Like, that's not real. It's, of course, it's not real. This is all in the realm of what the hell. But, <laughs> but it's so interesting. And the missions get very intricate. And they're, they're like, I mean, there's an episode where Jimmy, um, not Jimmy, who Reagan, Ronald Reagan gets shot. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because everybody thinks all the Americans, they show you the American side of these FBI agents and you see that they believe heavily that it's Russia. And Matthew Reese does not want anything to do with this. He's playing the side of Carrie. We can't go to them. We don't know for sure if this message is true. It's garbled. We can't like, we are not starting world war three over this. And then it's got this nice suburban like house at the end where they go next door to see their neighbors, the FBI guys. And they're like, so how was it all today? Oh my gosh. I mean, are you okay? And then he tells them, no, it was this guy who was trying to impress Jodie Foster. It wasn't, it wasn't the Russians. And so the Russians now can go back and be like, Hey, it wasn't us. Like it, like it wasn't Russian. They don't think we're, it's us like back down, back down. Like it's that's interesting. that level of interesting for some of these episodes that is just the whole time you're like, are they on the brink of war? And does this show sort of create a parallel universe where no. perhaps history oh, well, could I mean, change? I haven't got that far and I don't think so. No, you think it follows the actual historical times. Yeah, it probably is actual missions that were written down somewhere in a Russian log or Americans had written down their mission to weed out spies. And I I don't know. I think it's very cool. Question for you. Were you interested in the Cold War prior to this television show? Uh, The Berlin Wall falling always was special to me. And... I actually, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, a couple of friends of mine and I were at a bar one night and we were being loud and silly and joking. And a guy at another table was sitting alone and he, he told a joke to us and it was hilarious. And we ended up walking over and sitting with him and all of us are sitting with him and listening to him talk. He's an older gentleman. And he tells us a story of how he was there the night the Berlin Wall fell. Wow. And I and I was floored. Everybody else, most of the people there were like, why are we listening to this crazy guy? And I was like, so what'd you do, man? Like what? And he's like, I got on my bicycle and I went to the other side of the wall and I rode around on the other side and embraced everybody, even strangers in the streets. And I was just, oh my God, this is the greatest. Like, I love that I am in a bar talking to you about this moment that you have when you you're sharing it with me like it felt too good of a moment at a bar on a regular like thursday night yeah i mean i i will say watching bridge of spies really put more information to me about what it was like when the berlin wall went up right and i thought that that was one of my favorite parts of the entire movie was that those scenes and how severe like the world changed from this one thing if you were on one side you weren't getting back over yeah yeah it was shocking that was that was the most shocking scene in the film actually it was it really was and and i guess i just didn't know that much about it i'm not a huge 
war buff. And so I didn't know, I, I knew how important it was to history, but was, I maybe didn't know the emotional connection to it all. Now, excuse my geography and please on the podcast, you listening at home, please excuse me. Is Serbia a part of the Soviet Union at that point? Or is it just another country in Europe? Uh, it would have been Yugoslavia. And we've always been um, affiliated in some ways. But it was never the Soviet Union ever. Okay. All right. So like they just... were buddies. but So allies, yeah. But not... We were never ruled as part of the Soviet Union. They They did actually for a while, I guess... I was listening to uh, a very cool podcast uh, talking about myths about World War One, the History Bomb podcast. Little shout out, and uh, they they were mentioning that part of the reason why Russia stepped in to help when uh, Serbia ended up uh, killing Franz Ferdinand, I think that's his name. Yep. Um, is that they sort of thought, hmm, oh, that's kind of warm down there, and they're by the water and I want to help. So that's why they kind of stepped in and helped. Selfish bastards. Mm-hmm. Want the sun and fun all to themselves. <laughs> well, I I love the Americans. I hope you keep going. I will. I will keep going. I will watch the four episodes and then we'll, we'll talk. What you really have to understand is that they've been playing a married couple. Not really, not in love or anything, but just playing that married couple. And all of a sudden, throughout this first season, they start to fall in love. You can see it in that first episode. When he kills that guy, that's sort of the first moment that you're it's, like, oh, there's going to be a love story. She looks at him and is like, that was the most romantic thing. Yeah. Isn't that? And I think I like that aspect of the show, that him killing a, a Russian defector spy uh, is true romance in her eyes. Because that Russian defector spy one day before raped her. Yes. Yeah. And not and, only and not only that, but he's also affirming his love of Russia in that moment, right? He's saying, not only am I killing this man, but I'm killing him to protect you, and I'm agreeing with you that now I'm gonna stand for Russia. It's very interesting story. So if you haven't seen the Americans, um where where oh you can watch it on Show Me if you have Show Me. Um I'm sure you can be smart about it and find it somewhere. <laughs> but I highly recommend watching The Americans. And when does this new season come out that you're promoting on FX? Well, not that I'm tooting my own horn on my job or whatnot, but uh, March 16th is season four of The Americans. I think you can do that. I think you can binge watch three seasons by March 16th. Totally. Take some time off work. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. And if you'd like to reach out, check us out at friendselephants.com. Or on Facebook slash friendselephants. Or email us at friendswithelephants at mail.com. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. And make sure that you leave us a review. We got we got some great feedback from some random dude who liked us on Reddit. We did. And uh, he also has his own podcast, the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. So thank you very much for giving us some feedback. We have decided to take into account what you told us. And we're going to keep our intros a little shorter. Yeah, apparently our intros have been going quite long. And he had some good feedback about how to keep them short and concise and keep you listening at home. So please don't be afraid to reach out and tell us your true, honest feedback. Because you know what? 
We listen. We do. We do. Just don't tell me how bad I suck because I don't know if I'm getting better than this, guys. (laughs) 